0: CMO Combo is back with you for another deep dive into what CMOs need to know to succeed. We're joined by Maruna Dragomir, CMO of Planable, and we're tackling the big, sort of scary subject of marketing attribution. Can you attribute everything? How can you be transparent while still managing expectations? At what stage should you be training your marketing teams to focus on attribution? And what does all this mean for your role as a CMO? Hi Maruna, welcome to CMO Combo. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here.
0: I'm, I'm happy you're here too, because it's a, it's a subject that is going to be very pressing on the minds of many CMOs. And that's about marketing attribution, because it seems like everything has to be attributable these days. Is everything attributable? We don't know. Um, well, I'm hoping you know, because we're going to be having that conversation today. Um, but before we do get down into that, um, maybe you could introduce yourself to uh, our audience. Tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm Miruna. I am currently the CMO of uh, Planable, uh, which is a social media collaboration platform for um, teams. Um, and yeah, I've been here for four years almost. So uh, quite a journey so far. And I've joined in the very early stages. So, you know, it's, it's been a roller coaster of a, of a role <laughs> that shifted with the company growth. So that's been very exciting. Um, yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And Uh, joining at such an early time makes attribution even more important than it does in sort of like larger organizations because you have to count the cost of literally every single thing you do but what do we mean by that like like, what do we mean by marketing attribution like what let's give a definition to our audience so i'm sure many of them are familiar with it but it's worthwhile worthwhile make clearing up what we're talking about in this episode
1: yeah for sure so I think, you know, marketing attribution basically means that you as a team or as a marketer can have that ability to look at your audience from the lens of your funnel or growth loop or whatever it is that you use most. Um, And that means, you know, it doesn't only mean that you are able to place it in the funnel or look at it go it means that you're able to stop at any macro or micro moment throughout that funnel and see how that impacts um you know the the conversion or the path or the behavior or the ltv churn, whatever other metric that you that you measure um and it also means that that audience can be segmented it can be split into channels um And you're able to have the exact same lens. So yeah, it means that, you know, you have this entire ability to look at data, not only from the big perspective, but to go as granular as possible.
0: And then being able to go granular like that is super important. You mentioned segmentation. That's obviously a huge benefit when it comes to marketing and doing hyper-targeted ads. But Are there any other benefits that we need to think about when it comes to marketing attribution?
1: Yeah, I think you know the the biggest benefit of them all is the the fact that in an ideal world, if you would have all your traffic, all your leads um, attributed to um, an experiment, a campaign that you did, or a channel. Um, then you would be able to optimize everything to perfection. You could cut your losses very soon. If you are doing something that's not working, you could uh, double down on everything that's working really well. So that would in theory mean that you could reach this um, perfect marketing in a short time, just based on that attribution. Excellent.
0: Excellent. And that's not just important to, the marketing department it's really beneficial to other departments it allows you to show other departments what's going well how you're how you're having major impact say on sales um it allows you to show the the cfo what kind of actions that are going to be taken and you're able to show like the effects on the bottom line which is going to be extremely important to be able to get them on side for projects i assume
1: yeah it, and it can get your a budget increase fast it can get your scale and that means you know the scaling and the growth of the company if it's a it's especially if it's a company that relies on marketing growth um it's it can be a game changer for sure
0: definitely and so what kinds of activities are currently easily attributable for for cmos like like we're going to dive into some of the ones that aren't so easy but what are the ones that we can say this is stuff you can attribute pretty simply
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's um, the the natural ones are obviously ads um, and online ads. But I mean, performance marketing, that can mean search ads or Google display campaigns or Facebook ads, any kind of social media ads, really. Those are the easiest to attribute, even though I would kind of put a small disclaimer here, because this also has a but to it, because, you know, the theory in ads that's been Out there for a while is to kind of use your channels as a funnel themselves so to warm up the audience on instagram and then uh, uh, double down on google display and then uh, you know to, to attract them with content at first but then give them product all that kind of um way of looking at your tactics as though they address different parts of the funnel That is something that I think is the technology is not as much there as um, these theories would lead you to believe, because it's not that easy to target that one person with an ebook on Facebook and then with um, something else on, you know, Google display It, it yeah. So it has a lot of buts.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the, just trying to track them across different channels has got to be really difficult, yeah. um, particularly since a lot of those channels don't want you to be sharing data across different channels like that. Yeah. Like, Facebook wants to keep their data in on Facebook. LinkedIn wants to keep their data on LinkedIn. So being able to track them across multiple channels, and and but that is what you have to do with an omni-channel experience. You have yeah. to be able to track like that. So that's got to be a major challenge for sure
1: yeah yeah i'm i'm sure it is all the time and i'm and i think you know part of the what makes this frustrating is that sometimes there is this disconnect between what you read as a theory and what you should do but then you face the inability to do that and you're like wait what, <laughs> what is going on why are all these people promoting these theories that are basically not doable at, at, until you know i mean they are applicable but just not in that 100% accuracy than, than, than some of us might expect.
0: Yeah, because yeah, theories are theories at the end of the day. Yeah. They're, they're not based entirely on the reality of the circumstances yeah. that, you're, that you might be dealing with. Um, and it, it's got to be especially difficult because those theories, your CEO could be reading those theories, your CRO could be reading those theories, and they're like, why isn't the theory matching yes. the reality? Why? <laughs> what are you doing wrong with this process? So that's got to yes, be Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that we can attribute. What are the things that are really, really well? I'm not going to say impossible to attribute, but like, what are the what are the kinds of things that are, are very, very difficult to attribute? Like, I assume things that, like, brand marketing, for example. How do you attribute like the the benefits of of brand building activities?
1: Yeah, I think I wouldn't say there are a lot of tech. I'm I'm not that kind of you know um, believer that there's no attribution whatsoever or that there's very little you can attribute i think there's actually the opposite is true there are not a lot of tactics that you simply can't look at data at all um but they come, to, each of them comes through with a grade, let's say a score for how attributable mm-hmm. they are. um So, you know, it's event marketing. A lot of it is not attributable uh, just because, you know, it, it doesn't work as uh, human behavior doesn't work like that. So, I think mm-hmm. in order, to, I would explain the, these tactics that are not attributable for two reasons. Either it's just human behavior. It doesn't work like that. You can go to the event and uh, put ask people to you know, give you your their QR code on the badge or whatever, or give them discount codes and expect them to, uh, to look at your website that way or purchase that way, or you can put QR codes on your booth and expect people to check out your website that way. But human behavior probably doesn't work like that in a lot of those cases. So most people just see a brand name, they see the moto or whatever, the USP, and they think, okay, I'll just Google that. And they might remember it as a totally different conversation one month later. You're not going to attribute that particular visit. Um, So that's one reason the human behavior that I think is the problem for a lot of these podcasts, for example, that you think, you know, I'll give a discount code, make an ad, people are going to use that discount code. Eh, It depends. I mean, for us, for example, we have a free plan until they reach the purchasing point in their their journeys. I'm sure they forget all about that discount code. So it's not an easy way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the second reason is that, you know, just tech doesn't really work like that, as we've said, uh, or it or it fails you, like, you know, the, the direct traffic, which I think is a huge, uh, it can be a huge issue for a lot of CMOs um, and marketing teams, just because you see such a big chunk of your traffic come from a direct source. And there's just, you have no idea where they came from. And you can guess, of course, you can think, well, I'm in these lists on the front page that seem to um, take me to the direct traffic. Or I went to that event and I saw a big spike there. So that's probably my direct traffic. But you don't know for sure. Yeah, you're yeah, so, yeah.
0: sorry, Marina. Go on, David. Yeah, you had some more to say there, sorry, did you?
1: Yeah, no, it's just, you can, you can make these guess- guesses, but you won't be able to, uh, look at that event or that website that put me, put my banner up. So that's got to be it. You're, you're never going to know.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially since the the buying cycle can be so long for particularly in B2B, like you could have planted that seed um, like months before they're even ready to move in market. Like they might not, you might not ever be able to get to the source of when they actually, your brand went on, came onto their radar. And that, that's got to be something that's very difficult for marketers to, to to explain to um, other other stakeholders to be able to put the, to, uh, make them understand that we can do these things now and it might not be ready in months you might not be able to attribute things for months or even years in some cases
1: Yeah yeah for sure it's it's a tough thing to explain without making it look like you're uh, excusing your <laughs> Own, I don't know, lack of success or anything. Um, and it's difficult to ask for patience as well in this very fast climate that we live in, right? We all want exponential growth in a matter of months. So uh, when you say, but we don't know whether it works or not, in order to double down on it, then you you obviously face impatience because and it's not just i don't want to put this into the cmo and the, the evil stakeholders um lens because it's just just not every, each and every one of us has their own ways of looking at things and their own our own perception so it's normal for the uh, other members of the organization to want things fast i want things fast it's just sometimes it's not um that easy to do but well, let's
0: talk about those kinds of conversations you can have to sort of you said not to make excuses. Let's let's say manage expectations then on yeah. like, how these kinds of non-attributable marketing activities can go. Like how how do you explain to stakeholders that you might not be able to see the benefits in sort uh, of the months? How how do you explain it in terms that they'll they'll appreciate? Let's not say understand because they're all smart people. They understand yeah. what they, they're doing, but that they'll appreciate and that is that has value to them as 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 stakeholders.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I understand so. I think the first thing is for you to decide your own position on that tactic or or on that question. Do you believe in it 100% or 90%? Are you almost sure that it's working, Um, even if it's unattributable? If you are, then, um, you know, you can try to find... So for attribution, for a science to work, we all know about causality, right? So you're going to, that's what attribution kind of does. It shows you exactly what you did that caused someone to do something. That is the gold, but you can sometimes use um, correlation. It's not great. It's not scientific. You should not abuse it, but it is a, a potential way to show that something is working and if you eliminate as many other factors that could um, impact that those numbers you know like for example you've got an event that you're going to attend and have a booth and everything and that happens in mid march and you have 5 years of data that shows mid march never ever means anything different for your data you don't have a spike you don't have anything else that's happening um, so that means that you could in theory show that if you get that spike, it's probably from the event. Um, and and you know, correlation is one way to do things again, as long as you don't abuse it in the sense that you run a campaign. I've saw the, I've seen this uh, case study run, run, you know, for a company and uh, the marketing team always did this major campaign during Christmas, and they use correlation to justify it, just because you know how great numbers are around Christmas because we run these campaigns but it is Christmas. People do go on a shopping spree. So Mm -hmm. is it the campaigns or would they just naturally come? Um, And then there's another option. If you yourself doubt it, or if there's the, the correlation can not help you, you can always experiment with not, doing something, stopping something that you do recurrently, um, do it in a controlled, as much controlled as you can. So, you know, if you do 10 things that are not trackable at the moment, stop them one by one, wait for a couple of months, see how that impacts. And I would add here that how that impacts growth would be my natural uh, word. But before it gets to growth, you could have a long journey, like you said. So you can look at traffic, you can look at mentions, you can look at your brand search traffic. For example, you can choose the right metric that you think the tactic influences the most and um, see how that goes. If you yourself doubt it, then you you should feel comfortable with just stopping it for a while and see, see um, what happens
0: it's an interesting idea like stopping things to see what's working like that, that's a, it's an interesting approach to take rather than just like throwing in new stuff to see what happens like actually doing a bit of an audit over the process that you have going on I, th- I feel this would be a very very useful exercise for a lot of a lot of CMOs but particularly for stuff that costs money like if you're spending yeah. a lot of money on something that's not attributable then stop it and see if it's actually making a difference. That could be very effective, and I'm sure your CFO would appreciate you taking those kinds of steps as well
1: yeah i mean we actually did this at some point we you know again i i joined very early stage so at the beginning i wouldn't say we had a lot of um attributable uh leads i mean we didn't have our analytics put in place that well at the beginning obviously you know we're just starting out we had a few visits uh, uh, so it wasn't even a question of priority at that time um and then it was a long journey until we, we got our analytics in order. That in itself took a while, in which time we obviously did a lot of things. So once we had analytics and once time passed enough for us to have some historical data, and we looked at it, one thing that I felt like this is for sure working, this is bringing our entire growth didn't really seem like it did. It seemed like it was, we were, you know, doing it and we were spending not a lot of money because we weren't spending a lot of money on anything back then, (laughs) but we spent a lot of time and we were like two, three people in the marketing team. That was extremely important. So um, it was... At first, it hit me emotionally because, you know, I've, my first thoughts were, okay, so it's not attributable. Obviously, it's just one of those things in which people talk about it. So you gain awareness and then people talk about it while sitting at coffee or whatever, or they send the link via Slack or something. And after that, they come because customers are coming. So they have to be coming from somewhere and, you know, through that kind of logic. But then I did, I stopped it. I did not stop Top it entirely, but I made it a lot more straightforward. I said, okay, we need to cut our efforts into this since it seems like it's not working. We need to put in like 10% of what we were putting in until now. And then, you know what, we'll just we'll see how that goes. And we'll make them after after about a six months of not doing it at all. We said, okay, maybe we just need to think about how we're doing it, how well it was even thought of in terms of, you know. What it, what it should attract, how, the promotion tactics, all of that.
0: It kind of goes back to um, what we are talking about, like uh, putting, putting theories into actual practice, because you might see um, all these like think pieces online, all these thought leadership pieces talking about certain processes that you should be doing and how effective they can be. And if you put them in place, you might think, oh yeah, we'll see results eventually, but then you have to actually test if you're not taking those processes, if you're not doing that. So I, th- I think that's a really, really interesting approach for sure. Um, so one thing you mentioned that intrigued me earlier was the, the tech not being there uh, for certain things when it comes to attribution. Is that likely to change in the future, particularly with like AI models and stuff like that? If, if you can pump enough data into, into an AI process on, on a large enough scale over a large enough amount of time, surely you would be able to attribute everything. You'll be able to track and plan out everyone's movements. Do you think that's on the horizon for marketers? Do you think that's going to be available for us in a few years?
1: Uh, I think, you know, if you asked me a year ago, I'd probably say, hell yeah. Now with this, I think it's, I think in the next period of time, we'll see a constant battle between attributable marketing or, you know, personalization or whatever you want to call it (laughs) and privacy, because that's something that is huge um, right now, and a lot of measures are being taken to enhance privacy, and that is already impacting marketing. So, and even if there are some things that I cannot believe that they were accessible such a while back, you know, such as knowing, for example, back in, I don't know what what year this, this changed, but at some point, you could, as a marketer, see from what keyword exactly each visitor got to your website, which I now think that's science fiction. I would love to see that. But then, you know, with all the privacy um, measures that were taken, that's now not no longer a thing. It's not accessible um, for organic traffic, at least. So that's you know that, that came after so that wasn't an advanced and and it, it was i mean the technology is definitely there but it's 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 not possible to see it so i think this will will continue seeing this kind of battle between privacy and uh, the need for attribution and there for every privacy um measure that that will be taken, we'll see some sort of workaround. And it's it's more like a chase of of um trying to fill out both needs. <laughs> yeah,
0: so it's, it's a bit of bit of an arms race in some respect. Like, mm-hmm. you, can, like you, you see you see like all the like I, I remember in sort of like the the dark days of social media marketing and, and the, the amount of data we could see on on followers, on like potential prospects, on all kinds of things, being able to do targeted ads and super duper targeted. Like you could go down yeah. to individual streets to do that kind of level of targeting, which was obviously super beneficial for certain elections. But we won't dive into that. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, yeah, I, I, I can't see us returning to that kind of level. But in terms of like macro data, in, term, in terms of like first party data, I could see. New ways yeah. of applying that, in the ways that make make it a lot easier to attribute certain certainly things that we don't think is attributable at the moment. Like yeah. able to see like stuff like like placements of billboards, for example, we'll be able to map that to how it's affecting sales. We'll be able to create proper, sophisticated AI models around placing placing ads in certain places. Like, and it's it's going to be very interesting in terms of in terms of like how we think about certain activities like how we think about certain activities being a cost as well to businesses um I think it's going to be a big benefit to CMOs but also to the CROs and other stakeholders having that kind of ability to do that
1: yeah yeah I think uh we'll we'll for sure see improvements that's I don't think that's a question um you, you there are still things that are impossible right now with anonymous data that you don't even need the actual you know any kind of private information you just need a unique id that's it just to match your audience on different channels like we started this conversation Uh, that's missing now so that wouldn't in theory i mean maybe (laughs) i don't know if that would cross a lot of um privacy boundaries
0: well, especially with new privacy boundaries, not just coming from, from governments, but also from, 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 from tech providers, like Google's getting rid of yeah. third party cookies, like that, that's a huge thing, like, because that's, that dominated uh, digital marketing for a long time, having access to that kind of data. So do you think there'll be more of that in the future? Are we going to lose access to like any other kind of targeting in the future when, in that kind of battle for privacy? Or is it, or are we at like a happy medium at the moment, do you think? <laughs>
1: Um, I definitely think some, something will lose some stuff along the way. I think that's normal, but, you know, you can take refuge in, um, testing yourself. So, you know, the, this kind of, I think what we'll lose will definitely be a part of, um, historical data or, you know, how people behave after you've done something, um, but you also have—you'll always have the possibility to experiment. I don't think that will go away at any point in time. So that means that you'll still be able to A/B test um, anything, and that should give you the answer even before you run that tactic.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, so let's let's talk a bit about um, sort of like the processes needed to make sure that attribution is clear across the board in the business like what kind what kind of feedback loops do you need set up what kind of processes do you need what kind of what kind of automated processes do you need to make sure that the the data is being shared across the right places like do you have like those kind of systems in place at planable
1: yeah we always we make sure that we focus on some metrics just because you know everyone knows how crazy it can get if you let all the metrics overwhelm you um, And we always look at some business metrics that we commonly agreed on are best to reflect what we're interested in as a company, right? And I feel like that's important just because Mm -hmm. in SaaS, for example, there are, I think, about 10 ways to look at churn. And that's only the 10 ways that I've heard about. I'm sure (laughs) there are hundreds if you talk to different people. As a company, you need to have everyone aligned into how you look at churn and the recurrent Manner right obviously every other quarter, you can look at this new metric that you've discovered for sure, but recurrently it's important um, to align and other another thing that we do is we have questions come up all the time, right? People, um, ask, how about, why didn't we do this? Or how is that working? Or, um, could this be true? You know, people doing something for some reason, we actually always write those questions down and we try to always come back with data. And the way we do that, it takes time. A lot of these questions take time, but, uh, and it depends on the team, but for example, um, I am very passionate and a geek about diving into data as recurrently as possible. And I made it my mission to keep that beautiful part uh, as part of my job. So what I do is that I block um, a couple of hours each Tuesday, and I call them my Tuesday data uh, um, deep dive. Um, And I take each of those questions I write the, them down. And in that block of time that I, that I uh, keep to myself, I explore them. And I think that's also, you know, it's important because a lot of these questions remain unanswered um, in different points in time. And it also builds confidence within the company that everyone's transparent, everyone wants the truth. That's something that I feel data gives you. If yeah. everyone trusts the data, to a respectable amount, um, then you gain that true sense of community. We're all here for the same goal. We all look at the same data. We all interpret it, obviously. We give ourselves arguments and any debate, but we trust the same thing. We don't keep the battle only in subjective arguments.
0: Mm -hmm. when it it came to selecting those metrics and getting everyone aligned like who who were the most important people to have in the room in that respect like who who the who the chief people that you worked with to, to select the metrics that were important
1: um for me personally i think the leadership team should be aligned on the business metrics always on the marketing metrics the marketing team should understand them and they should be it should be clear how they tie with their own key results or objectives mm-hmm. so that's um that's something that is very easy it's very easy to determine what you look at once you have the key result in your face so okay so what we do do want to do increase organic traffic okay so then we'll look at our seo metrics and at our organic traffic so that's um that's something that's a lot more easy to align the awesome. business metrics should be a debate
0: yeah yeah oh, awesome so when it, when it comes to the team actually let's let's talk about that like how how would you how are you training your team to think about attributable attributable marketing like are you train them from like right from the start you've got to think about attribution all the way through or is there a certain stage in their development where you start talking to them about like proper attribution when it comes to marketing
1: i think it's Less, I mean, I don't make the conversation about attribution necessarily. I always just make it about the, the logic of it all, the strategic thinking rather. So it's always, I, I, when, when we have those debates on creativity or on some ideas, I always ask the questions about what's the goal behind that? What's the strategy? What are we trying to achieve? Okay, is there a better way to achieve this? than your idea is there a faster way is it the anyway that's how i challenge um, myself and everyone in the team with these kinds of questions so that i think that automatically gets you some sort of of deep mindset that you have to know why you're doing anything that you're doing and you have to be able to know the results of that and that ability to know the results is basically the attribution (laughs)
0: So, so you're sort of planting the seeds and how they how they should be thinking about things, rather than scaring some poor junior marketers fresh out of <laughs> university with all these like facts and figures. Like you're you're putting them into the right mindset while they're developing as a marketer, rather than being like, yes, you have to pay attention to the bottom line. You have to make this move one point upwards every time you do a marketing activity. So it's more about it's more of an organic process, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> it's for me it starts in the onboarding the first day so this there's this tradition that I without a particular plan to it it just happened naturally um and the first few meetings in which I tried to explain them the the new team members what we're doing as a team And marketing, why and why we're doing it. uh, I have this thing in which I always need a piece of paper and a pen, and I draw this kind of sort of mind map or whatever. Lines and circles, and we do SEO because this is part of the acquisition um, tactic, and then the acquisition relates to conversion because this and this and that. And I and always end the conversation after I draw the funnel, and then we explain each tactic through the funnel so it's it's the when you it's also about explaining how you lead that team how you think of the strategy that transparency of your own strategic thinking is inspiring in itself I think I mean this sounds a bit like I'm (laughs) tooting my own horn but so I've been told
0: (laughs) I really like that approach because it's showing them how certain marketing activities affect other things to do with the business, things to do within the marketing department, also with the business at large, like how does marketing impact sales? How does marketing impact products? So giving them that awareness at a very early stage is going to be beneficial to them, their development in the future, um, and to become marketing leaders like yourself, hopefully in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, hopefully it, it helps. But uh, I've, I've been told it's, it gives you that kind of foundation that you need at the beginning just because if you go into the details and then on day one you show them how to I don't know do a very specific task you lose that overview that it, it will be I think more complicated to build after three months into the job or after six months just give them a glimpse of the foundation so that they can put blocks on top of something
0: definitely definitely um... And it's going to be incredibly important now, particularly. I, I, I don't know what the, the working situation is for you, Marina, but um, with more and more people working re- remotely, um, it's very easy to feel siloed in the marketing mm-hmm. department. It's very easy to feel that you're just working away at your individual thing. It might be social media, it might be email, without having that broader perspective of how it affects the company. But if you're speaking to them right from the beginning, that they're yeah, position within the larger whole then they've got that perspective all the way through so starting with that earlier it's got to be very effective and it's the same when it comes to attribution when it comes to higher level stuff when you're stepping into a new cmo role being able to explain clearly how marketing affects different parts of the business is going to make you a more effective cmo
1: yeah yeah, that, uh, that's, that's definitely what I'm aiming for.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're on the right track, Marina. Thank you very much for speaking to us today. It's been a really great conversation. As I said, marketing attribution its always going to be on the mind of CMOs and marketers as a whole, because that's what the rest of the business wants for us. Um, and I hope this conversation has put some fears to rest about certain things not being attributable and, and vice versa um thank you very much to listening to us today um i'm sure you've enjoyed it i've enjoyed it um and we'll be back soon with some more CMO combos
1: thanks Will for having me